Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. That was an odd way of saying that. I'm your host, Alex. <laughs> Joining us today, special guest, Erica. Say hi to the people. Yo. Wow. Thrilled to have you, Erica. Oh, yeah. Now, I have something I'd like to start with. Ooh. Bob, would you like to set it up, or shall I? Um, no, go. Why would I want to steal your thunder from uh, trying to, uh, you know, discredit any opinion I've ever had? <laughs> Erica, do you remember maybe a month and a half, two months ago? I don't know where it was. In the middle of this wonderful pandemic. When we were enjoying watching movies released to home streaming services rather than theaters, mm -hmm. and Bob proclaimed loudly, I might add, for an hour. Do you remember where we argued for an hour about this, Erica? That things were not going to go back to how they were as it relates to movies releasing in theaters, and that they would stay with the streaming model. Do you remember this conversation? I do. Yeah, that was wrong. <laughs> it it Bob, does you... seem like uh, uh, WB will be going back to um, uh, uh, movies first only. Release, first releasing theaters in right. theaters in 2022, 45-day exclusive window to theaters which is pretty much normal oh i didn't know that so it'll be 45 days exclusive to the theater and then they'll release it to hbo max maybe or dvd or blu-ray or whatever i don't know that's interesting because i would assume if it's got good legs in the theater they would want it in there if possible but yeah and then right like okay if it's if people are going sure throw it on streaming and see if people watch it there but yeah so i think that's just the contract they've negotiated now with whoever regal or amc or whoever the hell it was um but yeah mm -hmm. i'm sure look if something comes out from wb that's a smash hit they're not going to be like oh 45 days put it on hbo max no they're gonna keep making that money right exactly well and i think there's uh a certain there's certain movies that uh, Bob and I have talked about this before, and I'm sure we have too, where it's like, I don't mind watching it at home. You know, I'll watch something at home. That's fine. But like the big dumb, like we just watched uh, um, Godzilla versus King Kong. That would have been a lot mm -hmm. of fun in the movie theater. It's a big, dumb, stupid movie with two CGI nightmares beating the shit out of each other. That would have been fun in a theater. Bob, what would you like to say? I I'm I'm a little surprised that it they doubled back on it so quickly. Um, you know, in retrospect, it makes it kind of makes a lot of sense that they were really just doing that. They probably just did it to scare the theaters into more favorable negotiated terms. Um, but I. I do think there is still an element here of 
you know, you can't unring the bell. And, you know, while, yeah, the, the huge summer blockbusters, you know, they make so much money by being in a theater. There's so many smaller movies that don't. And I do wonder, you know, what is going to be the the real future of of movies in in theaters? You know, is ever you know? Because I'm thinking about like, you know, Eric. Remember we went to see Free Solo. Yeah. Like, you know, are movies like that going to continue to get, you know, theatrical releases? Um, I think as long as something, a movie of that as type, as long as it's going to turn a profit, to make money, right? Even if it's just because I, when we saw that, I think it was only in the theater for, it, I think it was in that theater that weekend only, or maybe just that week. It was a very like limited special engagement because it, it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. It was a small movie. I mean that kind of stuff is fine, but like, and that was cool to see on a. a larger screen because it really you know it's a dude climbing a mountain so you kind of want to see it um but yeah i think as long as stuff makes money in the theater and it turns a profit like alex said stuff will still be in the theater that's not gonna stop and we could sit here and we can discuss it because it's a fun topic but to do the bottom line right at the beginning of this discussion if they're going to make more money in theaters it's coming out in theaters and whether that's everything or certain things or whatever. And if they think they'll make more money on streaming, then it'll come out on streaming. And it's really that simple. And they were, they were never going to shift everything to a streaming model when you have stuff like, you know, I don't know, is the matrix still supposed to come out on streaming this year? Because I wouldn't be stunned if they push that back for a 2022 release and said, "Oh, just kidding, that's not coming out on HBO Max anymore." Who is that? Own is that? That's Warner Brothers. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. When was it supposed to come out? It was supposed to come out this year. What month? I mean. I don't know. Because I mean, May is like right around the corner. They may have pushed it back. I'm not sure. Because a bunch of stuff did, they were just like... Yeah. Right now, you know. it's supposed to come out in December. Well, we'll see yeah. then. And I think they'll probably it for HBO Max. They'll probably they see what the landscape looks like for the rest of the year. Or, you know, as stuff goes. And, I mean, they'll probably make the judgment call at the end of the year. I mean, I don't really give a shit about The Matrix 4. You know? It's like, do we, do we really need another one? Didn't we say all we needed to say? Can we make something new with Mr. Reeves? Yeah, well, you never know, right? Because Oh, it look, could be good. I I didn't I didn't give two flying fucks about that Mortal Kombat movie until the trailer was great. Right now it's like hook it to my veins, please. Yeah, and I would have <laughs> gone to the theater to see that. If Same. you know not not in COVID not times, now. but in but right. in regular times after seeing that like that movie, my initial reaction when I heard the Mortal Kombat movie was like, oh, and then, yeah. and then I saw like Seth photos. I was like, this looks real like B movie. And then I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, now I want to see this. And I would I, have I, gone to the theater, but just getting on HBO max is, is great. 
Mm-hmm. Saves me money. Uh, I, well, I have a it was there to uh, uh, when like that when Mad Max Fury Road was first coming out, not on my radar at all, and we saw a trailer for it, and I was like, "Yeah, we're there opening night. That looks fucking amazing." Um, and it lived up to the trailer, which was nice. It's nice when that happens, but. Simon McCoyd, who are you, sir? I think, you know, businesses are always going to do what what they think is going to make the most money. Like Mm -hmm. that, that that, you know, that's obvious statement of the year, right? What I'm curious about is what consumer um, spending is going to look like in terms of movies. Now that people have had a taste of being able to get first releases at home, I think gonna people a... are gonna want. I, I they're gonna want to go to the theater because they're it's so gonna, sick exactly. of sitting in their houses. It's gonna be a yep. There's at and least going to be an initial search. massive boost to sales. Yes. That's what I think too. For anything, look this yeah. last weekend. This last weekend, freaking Godzilla versus Kong did 45 million in theaters. A movie that was available for free on HBO Max. It's just people want to get out of their houses. Well, and and I get that, but I, I'm I'm not really super interested in what's going to happen in the next year or even the next two years. I'm more interested in what's going to be what's going to be the normal in five to ten years. You know, once as we get past COVID and you know, people settle into having options and what is, what is going to be like, what's the impact of increased work from home going to have on things. And I think, I think there's, there's definitely going to be this huge initial, you know, shift of people wanting to get out of the house, but you know, I, I'm so curious how it's going to play out and just, not just in the, not just in the movie industry, but across almost all industries. Like, how, what is, what is the world going to look like in five to ten well, years? It's it's pretty hard to predict five to ten years out because you don't know what new technology might come around that will change things dramatically. But how it's going to make home theaters cheaper too. I mean, as as that shit gets better, you know that that's kind. Of, has potential to change things as well. But before we go any further, I would like to uh, officially let us know, because I know we were all concerned, that it has been confirmed that the original uh, theme from Mortal Kombat will be in the mill. It, it be in the movie, at least according to the Wikipedia page. In the milk? In the movie. <laughs> Can't talk. I was very excited. The director, whoever this fucker is, has said it will be in the movie. And to me, that's 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 key, man. You gotta have that fucking song. Yeah, I mean, I still think it's gonna be... If it's the actual song, it's probably gonna be, like, the credits song or something. That is totally um, fine. As long as it's, it's in the fucking it's a, movie. If it's a rendition, like, they've taken the music and they've redone it or something, that might actually appear in the actual movie. But that old song, I don't think it's going to appear in the actual movie. I'm just telling you what the director said. Man. No, I mean, I'm, I got it. I'm just saying. That's my guess. That's I'm, I'm guessing. Now, man, I really hope he's wrong because he takes so much joy 
and telling me I'm wrong, I just I just love having ammunition to tell him he's wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were you. The reason I'm taking joy in this one, Bob, as it relates to the movie theaters, is you were dug in. We argued for a long time about something that to me was fairly obvious. <laughs> I'm still not convinced that that's the long term. But we're not having you know. an argument about 10 years from now. Well, I mean, I think that's my point though. I'm not smart enough though. to predict what's going to happen tomorrow in most cases. I think that is I I mean, I'd have to go back and listen to the podcast again, which I'm not going to do. But I I think that is ultimately my point, though, is I think you've introduced something to people and maybe not the mass market, at least not initially, but I think there are people who are going to want to continue to be able to watch new release movies at home. And when there's a market for it down the line, you know, Eventually, somebody's going to say, wait, why are we losing out on that income? And you're seeing that, you know, you see like Netflix, you know, when they make stuff, it's available right away. Now, Netflix generally makes, you know, shitty movies, but um, I don't know. And I Netflix think... did The Old Guard, and The Old Guard was pretty fucking good. Alex, you seen The Old Guard? No, I haven't. Charlize. It's Charlize. It's good yeah. shit. I'd watch it. Highly so, recommended. Here's the here's the other discussion because when it comes to the movie theaters, I would also say be careful what you wish for. Because right now, so far, if you look at things that are coming out on Disney Plus, I'm talking about movies wise, or you look at things that are coming out on HBO Max or whatever, these are movies that were originally slated for theaters. So regardless of how the movies came out, they had a certain budget and they were slated, you know, to be of a certain level of quality. Mm-hmm. If every single movie five to 10 years from now just comes out on streaming, my guess would be you would see a massive decrease in quality across the board. I don't know that it's, I'm, I'm hoping that this happens. I'm sure. just you trying hate going to the movie theater. No, not really. I mean, mm. I hate mm. I hate I like going to the movies. I hate what how going to the movies has evolved. And I hate people on their phones. I hate people, you know, mo- bringing in food, um lights all over the place that are distracting. I think really so what we people... need... So you hate going to the movie theater. Right, exactly. No, because we the... need... No, I don't hate going to Marcus. Well, that's what I was just going to say. The Marcus is a pretty solid theater. I think the only time we had gone that I was like, stabbed me in the face was when we were at $5 movie night and it was like a fucking circus. Right. That was like, this is terrible. Why are we doing this? This like, this is insane. But we did see... What did we see there, Bob? Did we see Endgame there? We saw one of the big Marvel movies there. And 
it was shockingly quiet in the theater, and I was like, this is gonna be like a fucking zoo, but it really wasn't that bad, which was nice. Um, and they don't do food there, so you can go and watch a movie there, and it's just popcorn, and it's not like you have to order, and then there's people walking around, and... Because, I mean, if I'm going to a theater like that, there's that... There's one uh, not far from here. And it's like, okay, you know, I'm expecting to go to a place like that. I'm expecting that people are going to be um, ordering food. And it's it's a different kind of atmosphere, right? Right. Um, but, no, the Marcus is pretty solid. And a couple... I haven't been to the, the music box in the city since we saw the thing there uh, fucking years ago now. But... That's that's also another theater that's pretty, like it, it's a, a old movie house. People understand that, you know, unless it it's called for with the 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 showing that's happening. Shut the fuck up and just watch the movie. Right. And there's that. What's the? Is it Alamo Draft House? I think they're very strict about. I don't think there's one in uh, our market, but there's in. Texas, there's a couple in Texas, and I think there's one in New York. Very, shut up your phones, shut the fuck up, and watch the goddamn movie. But then they do have, like, uh, I know they did uh, rowdy screenings for, like, cats, you know? So you can go and you can make an ass of yourself, but there's also screenings where it's like, no, watch watch the fucking movie, stay off your fucking phone, and just be in the moment, you know? Yeah. And see, that's... That's more. It's so much more appealing to me than you go to like AMC or any of these other like these these mega chains. Well, the AMC by us just kind of dropped off in quality over the course of the the time that we'd been going to it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I, I, I don't. Uh, I, I was gonna ask Alex, do, what do you? I, I I go nuts on this, but what are you? How do you feel about like food service in theaters? I don't care. <laughs> I think it's. I think personally, I think it's weird if you go in there and you, you know, order something that you know is gonna be loud. Like if you order like fucking nachos or. Um, you know, I don't know what the a good example would be, but people order things where they're having to eat with a fork or something. So they're clanking around in a bowl. You know, I think it's, I think it's strange, but it doesn't really bother me. Like I can just tune stuff out. Um, but it, you know, the, the waiter nice. or the waitress walking around, you know, talking to people or handing out checks or giving out food or whatever, that stuff doesn't. It must be nice. <laughs> I mean, I agree, I can't stand I agree it. with you that, um, you know, I'd like in theory to have as little noise as possible, except if we're reacting to the movie or something. But I think the, it, it doesn't really bother me. The one thing that happened at the AMC that was just like, all right, fuck this, was you used to be able to, because we'd get popcorn whenever we go to the movies. You get popcorn, a soda, you go in, whatever. They started making it so you had to order everything from in the theater. You used to be able to go up, walk up, get your popcorn, get your soda, and then come back out for refills if you wanted. 
and then they changed yeah. it where there was no walk-up service and you had to, and it was only one size soda, and we'd always just get one. Uh, this is dumb. This is like a, a dumb complaint, but it was like, it's uh, not a big size, and there were two of us, so you'd be like, okay, we finished the soda, we're still thirsty, we've still got popcorn left, we've got to buzz and call these people. We don't have to, but we want more soda. So it, it was just kind of counterintuitive to me to get rid of that, but then I guess, they, I mean, obviously there was a, a, they did some sort of a cost-benefit analysis, and this was a better way for them to to do it, to make them more money, but it was just kind of annoying. So after that happened, I think we maybe went, uh, we tried a different AMC, and then we were like, fuck this, we'll just go to the Marcus, because they're pretty, they still haven't done the, you can get like nachos and shit, but they don't have like burgers and crap yet. We'll see. But, eh. Yeah. So when it comes to HBO Max and how the WB is, you know, releasing movies on there right now and everything. I think to me, the pandemic for them was a little bit of a blessing in disguise in a way, because yes, they made less more money on Wonder Woman than I'm sure they would have otherwise. And they're going to probably make less money on Mortal Kombat than they would have otherwise and so on and so forth. If The Matrix 4 ends up coming out on HBO Max first they're definitely going to make less money on that than they would have in theaters. But it was kind of good for them because it got HBO Max off the ground, and actually a lot of people have it now. Mm -hmm. And I think otherwise, people wouldn't have given a shit if it wasn't for a lot of these movies because, for the most part, I don't know who really gives a fuck about HBO Max stuff unless you're already an HBO subscriber. I think part of the problem with HBO Max was they didn't do a very good job of rolling it out. It was just kind of like, oh, this is the new thing. And we're not going to tell you anything about it. And it was just kind of like, well, oh, okay. Like, it, And what? look, here's the thing. I think HBO Max right now today, even if you take the movies away, is actually a better service than Netflix because there's a lot of good content on there right now because they... Mm -hmm trying to get it going so not only their own like hbo slash wb slash at&t content or whatever the deal may be they actually have a lot of other good content on there right now whether it be some anime or tv shows or movies or whatever and i think they're kind of like early netflix in that way whereas if you go on netflix now netflix is basically just the netflix originals channel and yeah, there is some other stuff on there, but for the most part, they've pretty much completely gutted the service, and it's just their own content. Other well, because stuff, a lot of the companies decided for a little bit. decided, oh, we're gonna go and do our own streaming service. Right. So when our That's contract is over with you, we're just we're done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think this is what I kind of mean when I say be careful what you wish for, because if you look at Netflix. Netflix every once in a while has something that is really good and, you know, maybe I haven't watched it specifically, but stuff that's critically acclaimed, right? Like, um, what's the chess one that everyone's raving about? Uh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Queen's Gambit's like supposed to be good. The Old Guard is really good, but that's from early last year, I want to say. Yeah, that's been out a while. Um, I haven't watched um, The Umbrella Academy. I've heard it's supposed to be pretty solid, but... But I... 
I think Netflix is kind of in that strategy where they're just throwing everything on there. You know, we're just going to, we're going to go ahead and green light 500 TV, TV shows slash movies. We're going to put them all into production. And if five of them end up being good, we're happy with that. You know, because if you go on Netflix and you start scrolling, it's so much like BC movie bullshit that no one cares about. Like, you go on Netflix and you can just scroll forever, and it's just like I do. I'm not interested in any of this. Well, the weird thing too that I thought was that some of their original stuff gets crazy buried because, and I know no one gives a shit about this but me. But they had that Pacific Rim anime come out, and I was like, "This is tangentially related to something I adore. Let me watch this." <laughs> and I was trying to find it, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, I know this came out today. So I'm looking, I'm scrolling. I had to like type it in like two, three different ways before I could even find it. And I was like, well, that's fucking stupid. Like if it's a new original thing, that should be well, slapped up on your in, main like, page. Pacific, it didn't pop up. Nope. That's weird. It was really weird. And I, was, I almost got to the point where I'm like, well, fuck this. I know I'm, this is just going to make me mad anyway, because it's not going to have any of the people I came to this party with. So... I don't know why I'm torturing myself, but then I found it and I was like, eh, what's my time worth? So I watched it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I would just, I just think that would be my guess. If you, if you start putting everything on streaming, I think quality is going to go down across the board other than a few things here and there. And it wouldn't surprise me, Bob, to your point, if, Maybe some tiny indie movies that they're really not expecting to make money in theaters either come to streaming services day one or they come to streaming services extremely quickly. Like it goes mm -hmm. into theaters for two weeks, they break even and they put it on whatever streaming service the movie would be affiliated with. Well, and like since in the last, you know, couple months, I've been trying to like just kind of look on Amazon uh, on Prime for like. One film was recommended by, uh, we watch uh, Red Letter Media a fair amount, and they had recommended this smaller movie called The Kid Detective. We watched it one night. It was great. Never would have heard of it otherwise. Um, so then I've just kind of been scrolling through some of the random shit on there, because I'm just like, I'm sick. Like, I don't want everything I watch to be a fucking, like, Marvel. Everything doesn't have to be big and enormous and, like, loud. You know, I can watch some... Yeah. I'd like to watch some quieter things. And, um... Oh, what was the other one? It was like a werewolf movie, but it wasn't. It was really, really good. I'll have to look up the name for the next podcast, but I really liked that one, too. And they're just low-budget, but not, like, shitty-looking. Just, like, a smaller-tier movie, because everything doesn't have to be a fucking superhero movie. You know? Yeah. Well, I, and it was refreshing. You know, I'm glad you bring up Amazon Prime because I actually think Amazon Prime Video is also a better service than Netflix, but I do have an irritation with that service, which is you go on there and they lump everything together. So stuff that you are getting for free because you're an Amazon Prime member are listed right next to things that you would have to pay $10 to watch. Yeah, that I is hate annoying. That yeah. shit. I hate I agree. that shit. And the other reason I'm glad you brought this up is because months ago, this was fucking hilarious. I'm sitting there and I'm paging through Amazon Prime Video to see what's on there. 
and I clicked on it was funny because I discovered that um Street Fighter 2 the animated movie if you remember that was on Ooh. there for free I don't know Ooh. if it still is um that was on that out. there for free including the great scene where Vega and Chun-Li fight and Chun-Li picks up a couch over her head and throws it at Vega cuz she's um, a beast exactly but for some reason that then started causing me to get recommended do you remember especially like when we were growing up cuz we're mm -hmm. all old fucks we are there were a bunch of movies on cable that would essentially be women in prison movies and there would oh, always yes. it's like there were like millions of these so <laughs> i don't know like i said i don't know what's on there now or what isn't anymore but i clicked on one and it's like this is weird and then you click on and by the way these are all on prime these are not like things you would have to buy and it takes you down the rabbit hole where you realize there's legitimately like 100 women in prison movies included as part of amazon prime well, I mean, they really it's, want to hit all the demographics, Alex. It's very it's important. Like, it's like someone who's in charge of content acquisition at Amazon is a pervert, and this is their thing. I'm just know? assuming it's Bezos. <laughs> like, I want those women in prison movies on the fucking service. But, sir, on the fucking service. For free. Yes, sir, Mr. I Bezos. I demand that I don't have to pay for this. I need to watch my exploitation movies. It's just so all. funny. It was like one after another after another. And they all have descriptions, and the descriptions are all incredible. <laughs> now, oh, so anyways, look, coming back around, um, Erica, I think we're in agreement. Bob was wrong. Yes. Yeah. All right. That was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. <laughs> uh, Good. Bob, what's on your mind? Do you have anything before I go on? Oh, do I? I don't even know. Like, I was, I was thinking about this before we got on, and I don't actually have any clue what's going on in the world right at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, um, there's, like, toxic sludge being poured into Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know all of the details on that, but I know it's a thing that's happening. Um... Yeah, I'm not really sure. We could talk about how Fessy okay. is an asshole. Uh, or yeah, we, we can save that about, for later. We could, we could talk. No, we could talk about the challenge. Um, well, let's see what happened. Not much, frankly. Nani's an idiot, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> CT is still a prick, no matter how hard he's trying to re redeem himself on this season. <laughs> Yeah. He's a or prick, but but I still I love him. Biggie really fell for the whole gimmick hook, line, and sinker. I mean, there's one thing you always have to give CT credit for. He's so, so good, and he has been his whole challenge career at man manipulating women. He's, like, unbelievably great at it. I mean, he's charming <laughs> as fuck, so... Yeah. But um, I thought Big T had a pretty solid sophomore season, though. I mean, she isn't anything... If she doesn't learn how to get the uh, the cardio going and the endurance up, she surprised me a few times. Like, I honestly didn't think she was going to jump out of that airplane. And um, that challenge her in CT1 
where they had mm-hmm. to hold on to the the rope and then swim. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's not you know like a, a fucking star performer or anything, but I thought you know it was a decent season for her. Look by the standard of women that are on this show lately, the big e <laughs> or big T is fine. <laughs> I am very very. Low. It, it's, yes, I'm so sick though of these people who have been on for like two, three seasons, just sitting back and being like, "I'm a vet." You know, I'm 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 a vet. That drives me crazy. But like, oh well, I'm the shit. Nobody can touch me. This, this, that, that. Like, fuck you, man. Who are you and what have you done? Show me something first, and then you can fucking start like bragging and shit. Look, like. I, Here's the thing when it comes to Fessy specifically. One, you lost to Johnny Bananas and Kyle, by the way, in the finals last time. And Kyle got screwed just as bad as you did, remember? He stood out there with Fessy by that fucking fire all night. So Kyle oh, I got about that. just yeah. as bad as him and still beat Fessy in that final. And... You know, he talked a bunch of shit about Johnny, Fessy did, and old man Johnny Bananas fucking demolished him in that second day. So, Oh, that was great. Look, it's like, you haven't done anything on this show. You You haven't even been particularly good this season. What has he done other than be in, like, an alliance that has a decent amount of control over the game? That's all it is. Like so I'll be Lisa interested to see dailies, but it wasn't like, oh my God, he's been dominating. Exactly. Um, what was I going to say? I appreciated the uh. spite move by Amber B to pick him as a partner. Um, yeah, that was because a- fuck him. It's what big T should have done. Yeah. Or not. Who was it? The last time it that had that. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. big T. He stayed yeah. with CT. And, and this is the thing yeah. is Kyle, you know, it's funny because Kyle normally does do the thing where he plays all sides. He's friends with everyone. And then he's shocked when it's like, oh, you're at the bottom of the totem pole with everyone. You know, well, he's at the bottom of the totem pole, but he hasn't really been playing all sides. He's just been on his own for the most part. It was like him, Devin and CT basically. And you know, Kyle has been telling people pretty much exactly what would happen before they happened because they're not exactly, like, the craziest things to see coming, you know? Exactly. Like, she, he, told, he told Big T when they were standing there after the Anissa Big T elimination, hey, if you stay with CT, it's going to be the three of us back down here next time unless one of us wins the next challenge. And that's mm-hmm. it. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. You know, yep, yep, yep. I, I'm not surprised she lost to Amber. It's like when you get into the hall brawl, it's pretty much just pure size. I mean, pretty much chances are if it was like, and I'm, I'd have to go back and look at what order the eliminations have been in. But like when they put a Nisa versus Big T in that one where they have to shimmy down the pole, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, dude, come on. Like, there's no way Anissa can lift her body weight enough times to do this. So you already knew what the result would be. And I, it's, I hate stuff like that because I'd rather at least see something where there might be a chance both people could win 
something competitive rather than automatic a... loss. Mm-hmm. I was surprised Big T did it. Honestly, I didn't think she'd be able to. I knew she had the good length. I didn't know about her arm strength, though. But I, I thought it was impressive. Anissa the, was the, pathetic, but well, I mean, look, she's how she's probably fifty pounds overweight, mm-hmm. if not more. Mm-hmm. And the only time I'd want to see something that I would think would be an absolute blowout is if it's going to be a huge showdown. Like if you had, if you had Laurel versus Cara Maria on a season. And you're going to do Hall Brawl? Okay, here we go. Because I guess there is some theoretical chance that Cara Maria has just packed on enough muscle where she has enough ch- has a hope, even though Laurel probably beats her on pure size alone. But And, and you'd like to see that just because it would be a big rivalry and it would be a big elimination. But otherwise, like let's say last week it would have been Anissa versus Big T and it would have been Hall Brawl. I would have felt the same way. I would have been like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. There's no how mm-hmm. and all Anissa has to do is literally stand there and walk. Right, right. Oh. Yeah, I mean we were we were speculating on how ha- and like a little bit on like is the size difference that big between I don't know, because you know Amber's pretty tall. Uh, yeah, that's I mean it it was it kind of went exactly the way. I also think Big T misplayed it. You know, she was trying to almost play it like they were the same height, and she was mm-hmm. standing up. Big T needed to get low and try to drive her shoulders into Amber's hips. That would have been her best chance. Right, um, kind of upend her, get her on her uh, off her feet, and then just run yeah, dead out and exactly. see if you can't get it. Or just push her straight back or something like that, but just like standing straight up how are you ever you can't generate any momentum you have no leverage yeah so i don't know i would have liked to think big i would have liked to think ct would have told her that and i don't know who knows maybe he didn't care if she got eliminated but i think um, at this point you know ct ct is just interested in he he wants that money right and it's just what whoever I'm with, fine. Because I don't I don't know how they're gonna do the final. If it's gonna be in pairs or if they're gonna separate them out or exactly how that's gonna work. Yeah. Um, I just want to get to it. I think we're getting a little long in the tooth here, but um, I would assume after this next challenge. Um, because CT needs a partner, so you need that elimination of uh, the du- one of the dudes and. I do feel very bad for Kyle because I think he's fucked. Um, he has to win. He has to win the daily. Yeah. Yeah. If he doesn't, he's going down. And I would assume. I hope he wins. Just for good TV, I hope he wins. I do. Kyle's been a delight this be, season. It's gonna well. It's gonna have to be alliances going against each other then, and Kyle has been doing his damnedest to carry this season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. It's like, I like Leroy generally, but he's not exactly like Mr. TV. No, you know? he's not. And <laughs> Fessy is dull as all shit. Um, CT is content for the most part to just, you know, ride the waves and look for small openings. Uh, no, you I get some good commentary don't... from CT, though, yeah. every now and again. There's some good, there's some good lines there. Right, but every but time they've got Kyle on screen. Oh, Kyle's been. And, and you gold. know, um, freaking uh, 
Devin was great. And I think I think this really goes to show you how bad the casting was that Devin is like one of the stars of the season still. Well, we've talked about that before too, right? I think a big part yeah. of it was just you probably had a hard time finding people who wanted to do it with COVID. And I, I think we've talked about this before too, is like you can't hit these big brother people are just fucking terrible. They're brutal. They're brutal. It's, it's, it's the worst of everything when you look at people like Fessy and um, what's her face, uh, Leroy's partner. You can't even remember Casey. her name. Yeah, Casey. <laughs> she's so boring. I don't even know who she is. I was yeah, gonna say that's so how nothing. big of an impact she's made on you. Um, you know, <laughs> these two are the worst case of any scenario because they're pretty good physically. They don't really have any massive holes in their game. Like they're not terrible at anything, and they're hanging. Well, they've around got decent numbers all season. Yeah, right. and they have numbers. It's like the worst of all worlds. They have to if they cast those two again, dude. Oh my god, they deserve. They'll both to have be back. To I, I definitely they'll be back. There's no way they won't be, and that's fine. You know, but then it's like you need some more interesting and competitive characters around them. It's like because it is getting annoying where it's just like you can you like you can kind of you know who's going to get to the end of a season, ish. Yeah, generally, I mean, you know, if you when people get certain opportunities to throw other people in, you can get rid of you know the big players early if the right situation lines up. Mm -hmm. True. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. Well, well and I would I, hope too, though. I, speaking to that, that the vets would see what happened this year and not be idiots going forward, because they really all kind of like it's not really a rookie alliance, though. Yeah. I don't know. Around, I think there were enough Leroy's new people. Well, I mean. Maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but it just seemed to me that a lot of the the folks who had been around, I I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering. I still, I by the way, I still do not like Cam. Like she's she's not like like to me, Fessy and um, you know what's her face, Casey, what's her name, Casey. Is that what it is? Are we sure it's Casey? Because yeah. that sounds wrong. It's Casey. The other big brother person? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's nothing, Casey. Dude. Okay. Like, their turn the channel heat to me, it's like, this is boring. And when they're watching it, I just start fast forwarding. Because I don't <laughs> care about anything they say. I really, I couldn't give any less of a fuck about them. Um, <laughs> Cam is, I don't like her because she kind of carries herself with this air of like, my shit doesn't stink. But... She's not really a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. when it comes to Cara Maria on recent seasons when she was on, she was the bad guy. You She's wanted evil. To see her She's straight lose. up evil. Yeah. 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 You wanted to see her lose. Cam is just kind of around. She's not a detriment to the show, but she doesn't add that much to it either. Yeah. Good. I... I think, you know, I was, in regards to all the, in like how boring a lot of this is, it was actually, I, I saw um, an interview with Johnny recently 
where he was, you know, talking about how, you know, he doesn't really see himself coming back on the show anytime soon. Um, he's not, he's not saying retired, but basically, you know, his, his point was like, it's not fun anymore. You know, it's, it's not fun to be in the house. People don't have a good time. It's just so serious. And, you know, that's something like I've been saying for, for a few seasons now, like when was the last time there was like a legitimate big house party? Um, to, to be was fair, he's one lines? of the people who made it that way by making it so serious. And let's also keep in mind, I mean, look, I enjoy Johnny Bananas, the TV character, but when Johnny says fun, what he generally means is harassing women. <laughs> That's <laughs> fair. I, I enjoy Johnny on TV, and I think if you go to the challenge house you pretty much know you're going to deal with a certain level of being harassed if you're a woman. But that's also what Johnny basically is saying. It's not an unfair point. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) I can't argue with you too much on that. Um, But I will say, you know, it's... It isn't... it's, It's not fun to watch... A lot, you know, if it's out outside of what actually happens in the the dailies and the eliminations, a lot of the time I'm just like, why are we even bothering to to watch any of this? You know, yeah, I I just don't I don't care. It's not well, these no, people I, suck. Look, I also think from Johnny's perspective, it's hey, who used to be in the house if you go even six years ago? It was mostly his friends. You know, yeah, he didn't necessarily, you know, get along with everyone on a game level. Like, it's very clear to me that Wes and Johnny have been friends a very long time. Their goals on the game just didn't align until very recently. You know, but these are not people who actually disliked each other, you know? Sure. And so... They might go on but the then, show and they might fuck with each other and they might try to screw each other over, but you're still hanging out with your friends. It would be like if Bob and I went on the challenge and we were in opposite alliances. When game day would come around or when I'm scheming behind his back, we're looking to screw each other over, but but when, but when you're between the game, you could still hang out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think now there's not really people like that. It's like a bunch of people who don't really like each other. Yeah. And, and that was kind of my point is like, you know, not, not so specific about Johnny bananas. Cause I mean, as time goes on, you know, people drop out of the show, they go on to do other things like have real lives, shit like Mm -hmm. that. But, um, but in general, like, okay, you've got this big brother alliance, if they're going to be any type of good television, why aren't they, you know, kind of taking that mantle and making the show enjoyable to watch? It's because yeah. they suck. I think because they're on. I think maybe some are, but I mean, I've never seen Big Brother before. No, no, I not don't... the Big Brother people. I mean, I'm just saying, like, 
Kyle or Devin mm. or CT, you know, I think like some people are really trying. Um, but when you're there with the black hole of charisma, that is fessy, you know, what can you do? I, he sucks. He just, let's just, he sucks. Fessy, Fessy is like the new king of saying whatever someone wants to hear to their face and then immediately going into the confessional and talking about how shitty they are. Fessy, mm -hmm. by the way, I would like to give Fessy, if he were to listen to this one day for some insane reason, some advice. When you go and you talk shit about someone, talk shit about their personality or something like that. Don't talk shit about their gameplay, because if you say someone is really fucking bad and then they beat you, you look like a fucking idiot. I think the word you're searching for, Alex, is you look like a fucking jabroni, is what you yeah. look like. It, but no, yeah. the fucking worst. And that's like last season with frickin' Johnny. Johnny's old. Johnny sucks. I'm gonna smash Johnny in this final. Johnny beat me. Um, it was the snow's fault. Which, by the <laughs> way, is the excuse. The snow was deep, so I was at a disadvantage. I mean, the snow was deep for everybody, bro. <laughs> yes, exactly. Johnny wasn't running on different snow. I'm bigger, so I pressed more snow down. No one gives a fuck, dude. Still lost. You lost to an old man that you said sucks? That means you suck. <laughs> By the transitive property, you are garbage. <sighs> oh, yeah. No fessy. Well, the challenge sucks. No, it's, <laughs> it's still fine. It's still fine. Well, I've and been enjoying it. The, the reality is, is from a production standpoint, I think we're going to get more of the same next season because the ratings are really high. You know, every week yeah. they're like the number one rated show on cable in 18 to 49, unless something big happens in the, in the, on the news. But yeah. otherwise, they beat everyone. You know, they beat wrestling. They beat all the other, like, you know, entertainment-type shows that are on cable. So... You know, why would they change anything? It's the fucking number one show, you know, 80% of the time that it's airing. I, yeah, and it's, I think that's the frustrating part is that, I mean, this is, this is the frustrating part about so many things to me. And it's like, we talk about, we end up going down this path so many times on topics on this podcast is it, shitty things are doing well. <laughs> and and you know the the challenge is serviceable like obviously i'm still watching it i enjoy the dailies there are a few characters left i do enjoy i still do enjoy ct i hopefully roy gets his win like but there's so much about it it's like this could be so much better this could be more than just like passable yeah I really and think, and we've, again, this is stuff we've touched on before, the losing team needs to automatically go in, and you've got to introduce, I, I keep coming back to the draw. I think you got to bring the draw back. Um. Yeah, like I've said, I don't think the draw necessarily needs to come back, but if you're in a team format, the losing team absolutely needs to go in, or the losing player needs to go in. There needs to be punishment for being unbelievably bad in a daily. Yeah. 
And by the way, that's one of the reasons why, when the show was really good, you would have a lot of the shitty people get eliminated early on because they'd be losing dailies and then they would go lose an elimination. Right, mm-hmm. right. And that weeds out the crap right away. Yeah. Now, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I, I generally don't like seasons where there isn't like some element of chaos built into it you know something that can and and not in a like contrived way like if you go back a couple of seasons you know cam had lined up i can't actually remember exactly what the situation was off the top of my head but she got the you people know, she in had... the elimination that she wanted and then they did the right. mercenary thing yeah and that was stupid as shit and it's like you know, that's not the kind of chaos I want to see. Like, make a mechanic. Let them play the game, but just set the mechanic up right. Like, I mean, fortunately this season there hasn't been any really stupid twist in the middle. You know, there's not some, like, dumb Redemption House or... I although that. The, the first season of the Redemption House I thought was okay. That was good. But then they did it like two more seasons in a row, and it was like, come on. Um, well, because there was that season where who's car the one that Carmaria was fucking Polly is that his name? Uh, I don't know if they were fucking on that season. But anyway, but yeah, he Pauly. him and Natalie came back ten million times, and it was and just they, like, and they it was actually better that they were losing because it enabled them to keep staying around. It was so bad. Yeah, yeah. it was just not good. Well, or like, do you remember the season? Uh, was that the same season CT didn't even get a chance to save himself? Uh, I because think of the so, way the yeah. rules. That was dumb. Like, Something happened. I can't remember what. I don't know. I think. But I, yeah, I, he was just like, he didn't lose, but he was still eliminated. And it was really stupid. Yep. So don't do challenge production team. Don't don't do stuff like that. That's not that's not what we want to see. <laughs> oh, I have Listen that to I th- me. I have something that I think is an interesting discussion, even though I know obviously you two don't go fucking hard on video games like I do. But and it's all kind of tied together. So a couple Ooh. a couple news notes would be, you know. One, you have Microsoft completing their acquisition of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, Zenimax Media or whatever, but Bethesda, for all intents and purposes. Um, you have Microsoft buying up Outriders to be on Game Pass day one, which is not like a huge game, but it's a game that started getting some traction off its demo. And by the way, for the video game industry... If you have a game that people don't really know anything about and you put out a good demo, said demo will make your game more po- shocking. I know. <laughs> Demos have for some reason completely disappeared from video games for the most part. But um and so you have that and then you have the news that one MLB the show, a PlayStation exclusive franchise up until this year was not only coming to Xbox because MLB 
essentially made Sony do it if they wanted to keep the license, uh, but is also launching day one on Game Pass. So these are all kind of tied together in an interesting way. So I think, go ahead, Bob. I No, it's some big moves by Microsoft. And, and the, the, I mean, losing MLB, um, the show, I think is, that's a pretty tough hit for, for Sony. I mean, I, I don't know how many, how much it's really going to lose them, but, um, you know, I know there's people out there that are PlayStation players for that game. Um, well, and this... putting it on Game Pass, like, Mass- Just that one was them. really a massive blow to Sony. So I think when that comes to that game specifically, what happened essentially, it sounds like, is MLB told Sony, hey, we really like MLB The Show. It reviews well. It sells well. We're very happy with it. You as our, our licensing partner. However, we cannot, for our fucking lives, get a good baseball game on Xbox or Nintendo Switch. You know, we just can't, not one that's officially licensed anyway. And now, by the way, I would argue the Super Mega Baseball series is considerably more fun than MLB The Show, but that's neither here nor there. It's not an MLB licensed game. So, give that. So what essentially I think happened was Sony said, hey, we want to continue this licensing agreement with you, but we would like it if you would put the show on other platforms. Now, the key here is MLB The Show is still developed by Sony. It's developed by, like, Sony Santa Monica, I think, or Sony San Diego or something. Um, But it's coming out on Xbox and PlayStation. But the key is, on PlayStation, Sony publishes it. On the Xbox, the publisher is Major League Baseball. So I think what happened is... Microsoft went to MLB and they negotiated a deal with them to get the game on Game Pass day one and not with Sony. I have a feeling this happened without Sony's knowledge. Could have. Oh, probably. And if I'm Sony, I'm fucking pissed. Because now you have a game that is launched, that is made by your internal studio that is $70 on the PlayStation 4 or 5, and it's Game Pass free on the Xbox. That looks so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a pretty, uh, pretty genius move by Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> they really <laughs> stuck it to them on this one, in my opinion. Well, they should. I mean... You shouldn't. You should be hard on your competitors. That and that was just like that's beautiful. <laughs> when I read it, when I read it, I really was sitting there. And I'm reading. I'm reading. I go, "Holy shit! They fucking screwed them." Like obviously, Sony is getting a cut of whatever money MLB agreed to. You know, because the money's going back to Sony one way or the other. But. It's not, this is the thing. If you guys can think of one way this Game Pass deal is beneficial to Sony, 
I would love to hear it because I cannot think of any conceivable reasons that Sony would have wanted this to happen. No, I think no, it just makes them look any. so bad. It doesn't, it's not a great look. And then and now I sure. tie that, I tie that into this outriders game and outriders is essentially third person shooter, sort of like gears of war doesn't control or play anywhere near as well as gears of war does like just from a pure technical standpoint but it's sort of like a gears of war game but it's also a diablo borderlands type of game you know like looter shooter type thing mm -hmm. um and i wouldn't say it's really a triple a release i would say it's more like a double a even though it's square enix publishing it but it's more like the developers people can fly they're more of like a you know smaller studio and the game is fun. I've been playing it a little bit. The game's fun, and I enjoyed the demo. But, but previous to getting announced, getting announced for Game Pass, my mindset was more like, well, this is fun, but I think this is going to be a game that's going to be a lot better in, like, three or six months when they've patched it a little bit, you know? All right. Um, and when, but then it got announced, oh, hey, it's coming to Game Pass. So now I'm playing it because it's like, hey, it's free. So even if it's a little bit rough around the edges... It's the old Game Pass free, so there's really no reason not to play it right away. Um, and I think what I kind of want to talk about more than that game itself is this seems to be now the new Microsoft strategy, and I think you may or may not see it with Bethesda games as well, which is we're not going to buy timed exclusivity anymore. I don't think do that anymore going forward. I think what they're going to do is buy these day one Game Pass launches because what's more effective? Is it more effective to say we're going to buy up a year window of exclusivity on Outriders where it can't come out on PlayStation? Or are we just going to buy up a certain whatever the time period is, let's say a year of Outriders being on Game Pass from day one, and now you have a game that is Game Pass free, or you could pay $70 for it on the PlayStation. I mean, that's pretty effective. Oh, I would think super so. effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, just think about it. Like, if, if you know you're not going to be able to get it on PlayStation until next year, you're just going to put it in the back of your mind and not worry about it. Um, but if you're sitting there with your PS5, you're looking at the PlayStation Store and seeing $70, you're like, wait a minute. Xbox, I wouldn't have to pay anything extra for this. No, that's yeah. not strictly true. It's not but, technically you know, true. But you know what I mean. And uh, I, it, it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty great move by Microsoft. And, and with, you know, with the Bethesda stuff, kind of when they when they announced the acquisition and I was reading something with somebody at Microsoft I don't think it was Phil but it might have been um, you know what they said was you know our strategy is not to do not to just make everything exclusive what we want to do is make it that the best experience for playing the game is going to be playing it on Xbox. Well, and you know, I, not having to funny. drop seventy dollars 
is a pretty big boost to your experience. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up because I have a quote from our Lord and Savior, Phil Spencer. <laughs> and I wanted you guys to parse it for me. I think he's, he's PR speaking it, but I think he, which, you know, you never really get a straight answer out of Phil Spencer, like a lot of these people high up in mega corporations. But I think he's speaking fairly clearly if you read between the lines. So he says, obviously I can't sit here and say every Bethesda game is an Xbox exclusive because we know that's not true. There's contractual, there's contractual obligations that we're going to see through. We have games that exist on other platforms and we're going to go and support these games on the platforms they're on. Now I'll step in and say an example of that would be the elder scrolls online. They're not just going mm -hmm. to shut that game down on PlayStation. They're going right. to continue to support it. Um, he continues, there's communities of players of those communities and we'll continue to invest in them. And even in the future, there might be either contractual things or legacy on different platforms that we'll go do. But if you're an Xbox customer, the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. And that's our goal. And that's why we're doing this. And that's the root of the partnership that we're building. So I think he said a couple things there. One, the legacy thing, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because Bethesda has no legacy on PlayStation. I would actually say Bethesda has been traditionally more closely aligned with Microsoft. But mm -hmm. I think that's a fair statement. You know, when you look at things like, um, I think like Oblivion only came out on the Xbox. I don't think it even came out on PlayStation, not any, not right away anyway. And, um, you know, Skyrim, for example, was a complete disaster on PlayStation, whereas it ran pretty well on the Xbox. Um, so I think Bethesda has kind of always been more aligned with Microsoft anyway, but I think essentially when you look at that statement, he says a couple things. He says, we're going to continue to support games that are already on there, which is not surprising. We're going to stay with our contractual obligations. So for example, that game Deathloop is a, uh, and I think Tokyo was like, Tokyo, some game, Tokyo something. That Those are both like Sony exclusive games for like a year or something because they bought those up. Um, so they're going to stay with their contractual obligations because of course they are. But then, he, but then to get to the key thing, he says, we're going to put our games on platforms where Game Pass exists. I think that's being pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah well, this is the thing. When when that was announced and people were speculating on it, and it's like there there's no realm that you know unless there is a contract holding you that you're going to drop the kind of money you dropped on Bethesda and then sell Sony consoles with those games, like. No, you think not. that you're you're an idiot. You don't you know, understand what capitalism is. You know, they they may they may gain a little bit of goodwill for a, a little while and they may play into the fact that some Bethesda games are gonna ultimately be on PlayStation between now and whenever those obligations are fulfilled. Um but yeah, I mean, why would you? Like, <laughs> it, it makes no sense. 
Well, now here's the question because I think it relates to Outriders and MLD the Show and what's happened with those games. Mm -hmm. If you're Microsoft, what is a more effective marketing in your opinion? Do you take, you know, Starfield, all these Bethesda properties, Starfield, the next Elder Scrolls, Mm -hmm. the next Fallout game, and do you make them exclusive to Game Pass platforms, which as of today would be PC and Xbox and by extension through xCloud and all that phones. Um, do you make them exclusive? Do you make them exclusive to those platforms or do you say we're going to keep releasing these games on PlayStation, but they're $70 because of course they are. I, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to know without having the, the market research in front of you and the sales numbers. Um, but ultimately why, why do you, why do you buy Bethesda when you're the, they already released the games on your platform? You buy Bethesda because you want all of the money for yourself. And I just don't, I, I have a hard time thinking that you're they're gonna make enough money um selling copies of the game for seventy dollars on PlayStation that would offset you know what they want to do in driving people to the Xbox platform. All they're gonna um, do like he said, is honor the contractual obligations that they have to honor. So whatever, you know, I would assume for anything that we know about, your Starfields, your Elder Scrolls, what is it, 6, those will probably end up on the PlayStation in one way, shape, or form. But anything new will definitely not end up on the PlayStation. Why would Microsoft do that? They're not going to do that. That defeats the purpose of buying the studio. I I agree with you. I'm just wondering what is the better tactic. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Because you have your traditional way of doing it, which would be you buy it up, it's it's exclusive to our platforms, fuck you. Or you have this other interesting way of doing it because Game Pass is a factor. Like, it, it wasn't, you know, if Sony, let's say Game Pass wasn't a thing, and Microsoft bought up Bethesda. Releasing your games on PlayStation would make absolutely no sense. It'd be so fucking stupid. Because you would just be saying, hey, you could have it here, you could have it there, buy it on whatever, buy whatever console you want, doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. But with Game Pass in the mix, I think it's a different formula because every single time someone goes and they buy a game for $70 on PlayStation that is Game Pass free on the Xbox, that's going to grind your gears more and more and more and more. Well, yeah, I think it's an interesting point. You know, I think it's an interesting question. I think the what is really, a you know, another huge advantage for Microsoft here is um they're going to have to 
have this period of time um, where you know they can analyze that data and you know if 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 phil and the xbox team are smarter than some of their poor decisions of even recent memory um you know they're not going to go in, they're going to have a strategy they're going to go in with but they're just going to watch the data and just see you know ultimately what's going to what's going to make Microsoft more money in the long run. And if the math comes out that it makes Microsoft a lot more money to keep selling $70 games on PlayStation, that's what they're going to do. Um, I don't think that's going to play out, though. Exclusivity sells consoles. And a lot of people like Bethesda games. I, I It's so... I, I would be really stunned if the math showed the other way. No, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. And I think that like he already said it, I think that's what's going to happen. The games are yeah. just going to come out on game pass platforms. They're not going to come out on PlayStation at all, but I do think it's sort of interesting when you look at what their strategy is, when it comes to outriders, when it comes to MLB, the show is the strategy is clearly to make people think to themselves, especially if this keeps happening over and over and over again, they're going to think, fuck, I've now bought 10 games for $70 on the PlayStation, and I could have just bought a Series X and a Game Pass subscription, and I would have essentially spent the same amount of money, but I'd have another console. Yeah. Well, I think the beauty of this is that Microsoft gets to have it both ways. You know, they get to push both strategies. <laughs> um, yeah. I, you know, I, I, and go ahead. No, go ahead, please. please. Um, now I forget what I was going to say. That's, that's how good it was, is like that <laughs> by being delayed, it's like, no, you well, don't keep thinking about it. But I, I think the interesting thing, and this is the this is the big hole in the Microsoft Xbox portfolio, is their game studios are very much under delivering other than like Turn 10 and Playground Games when it comes to Forza. But everyone else is pretty much under under delivering across the board. And if they can ever get their studios to actually consistently start producing good to great games sony is going to have a fucking huge problem and the, the because that is the one saving grace for sony right now is if a sony first party studio makes a game that game is at worst an eight out of ten and it's almost always a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten mm -hmm. and you cannot say that about microsoft their games are almost always like six or sevens out of ten so mm -hmm. if they can ever get there and this is the thing now because they own so much fucking shit like they've bought up so many studios that if they can ever line up these studios and get them to start producing great games it'll be like five six times a year there'll be some new great exclusive coming out from microsoft's studios i mean that would be the smart thing to do but yeah. i also think you know, every time you buy up a new studio, like you just bought up Bethesda, 
it doesn't make your job easier if you're the person who has to coordinate all these teams you just your job just got harder a lot harder so it's easy to say oh well i'd like these studios to all produce great games but someone has to figure out how to make that happen right right and just because you bought a great uh, uh company uh game studio doesn't mean that they're going to continue to be a great game studio see rare yep let's look at um oh my god come on erica give me a second it's right there i can actually see it bioware oh with the uh... yeah mm-hmm yeah bioware really you could see it where they fell off a cliff because i don't think ea owned them for mass effect one right i don't think they owned them for that game Let's but see. i think they bought them before two came out and two was a great game arguably the best game of the whole series but three went way downhill and and three was the chink in the armor on bioware you know and ever since then that armor has been completely torn off it was in 2008. When did Mass Effect 2 come out? Mass Effect 2 was released in 2010. Yeah, definitely more than two years between 1 and 2. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just, um, you know... And Bioware is a studio at this point that's basically lost all name recognition. Like, no one even gives. A oh shit. yeah. Like if Bioware announces something tomorrow, your assumption is it's going to be bad. Yep. Prove me wrong. Exactly. Like that used to be a day one purchase, and now it's like, mm, yeah, I don't think so. So it's. I'll easy have to, to have change. somebody that I know and trust play it, and tell me it's good, and then I'll... maybe I'll get it. Could you imagine? If Horizon Zero Dawn was on Xbox, like, uh, well, that would have definitely so killed crazy. any chance of you ever buying a PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, it's you just... know, this this oh. actually made me think in relation to the, all the shortages that are happening right now, whether it's game consoles or graphics cards or whatever. You know, the general silicon shortage. Um, mm -hmm. I was watching a Linus Tech Tips video where he talked about this, and he apparently talked to some people that he has connections with within the industry. And I had previously assumed it was some sort of production issue, like maybe because of COVID, these plants aren't operating at 100% capacity. No, that's not the case. <laughs> The only two, essentially the two primary chip makers of silicon are Samsung and TSMC. And hmm. they never, ever, when the pandemic happened, slowed down or shut down or anything. They just powered through and they have been running at 100% capacity this entire time that all these shortages have happened. It's just the demand is through the fucking roof because of COVID, I guess, because people are at home all the time and everything. And essentially there's no way for them to fix this problem from a supply standpoint anytime soon, because these are very specialized like factories 
and they just can't build one in a month. You know, these take time to build and build and find the people to work there and bring all the machines in and everything. So I think Samsung and TSMC are both planning new factories, but it's not going to happen till like 2022. So this huh. is potentially a essential of mega long-term issue unless demand goes down. Which I thought was interesting. Interesting. Um, and I guess the reasoning is, is one, you know, when you look at why is graphics card demand way up, graphics cards demand way up, it's because one, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency took off again. So now all the fucking crypto coin, crypto coin farmers want graphics cards in large supplies again. And two, because a lot of people are stuck working at home, what do you need when you're working at home? You need a half decent computer mm -hmm. because the computer you used to have that you would just like browse the web or check some email on is not getting it done when it comes to any sort of like actual use case, you know? So all these yeah. fucking terrible computers that people had for the most part have been thrown aside and people have been buying decent computers now and decent computers have good graphics cards. So that's what caused part of that. You have cars, um, which I think I read actually car sales are actually up, which doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, no, not really. <laughs> so, and then two game consoles just came out that are both smash hits. And think about this. Those consoles came out in November. We're in April. You still can't buy one. That is crazy. Like, when has there ever been a six-month shortage of a new game console? No, usually it's that first couple weeks, and then, you know, everything kind of evens out. I remember with, like, the 360, I think there was, like, maybe two to three months of them not being able to keep up with demand. But it hasn't been... It was never, I don't think it's ever been this long. And the I mean, the Wii is, was like that too. It was a few months before the Wii, because people were fucking insane for that console. Um, and it well, took a couple also, months. Hmm? Well, also, when you think about Nintendo, they're the kings of intentionally shorting stuff. Right, exactly. So yeah. that was part of that as well. Did you hear they're doing that again, by the way? So Shocking. They're doing it with games <laughs> now, though. So... Apparently, they took a bunch of games that were in production and just flat out killed production on them. Like, not like, um, not games being made, but the discs actually still being printed to be sold in stores. And they just completely stopped production. So, to create a scarcity, so people would go out and buy up all these games. That's really dumb. Like, just print more games, then people will buy more. It, uh, whatever. I don't, I don't really understand Nintendo, that at all. Man. Nintendo, Nintendo, indeed. Nintendo. So, yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting that there's no end in sight for any of these shortages unless demand just goes down, you know? Right, right, what are the odds of that happening? 
I mean, I think yeah. as you're seeing more people get the the vaccine and are more comfortable going out, you know, for better or for worse, that might calm down a little bit as we get into the summer months. But if, I mean, if who people knows? Actually, what... go back to work. Like, if your mm -hmm. white collar workers actually go back to work, that might that might kill. Well, then we'll see what happens with that, because I think a lot of companies are seeing that you're not losing any productivity with people working from home. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at, OK, well, if we'll have you work from home, we could potentially, you know, cut salaries because we don't have to pay you for a commute anymore. Um, uh, we don't necessarily need all this this office space. We could get rid of that. Mm -hmm. So it, that it'll be interesting to see the long term effects of covid to to that i i'm interested to see how that kind of shakes out mm -hmm. but well and I, you know i also think the reality is most places you know if, especially white collar jobs they know people aren't working fucking eight hours a day even when you're in the office you know you, you might have days when you're yeah you're busting your ass something has to get done when you're, you're working busy. all day Mm -hmm. But I think there are a lot of days where you're just pip fucking fucking around on your phone. You're talking to your coworkers because you really only had three hours of work and you have to fill that other five because you have to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, so I kind of feel like a lot of companies are probably looking at it like that too. It's like, hey, if they're not actually here, we don't know when they're not working. And as long as the work we're asking you to do is getting done, who gives a fuck what you're doing in your other time? I think some companies definitely do. And they're like, we're paying you for eight hours. We need eight hours of fucking work every day. Some companies, not so much. All depends. Yeah. All depends on who's in charge. Yeah, it depends on what type of job you have. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I think about like the work I do and it's all got to be, you build by the hour, you know, not by the task. So, you know, there's, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter if you figure out how to do something a lot faster, you know, that can be good for your client. Um, but it's actually a bit of a disincentive for to you to do that, but yeah, you know, and 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 so it, it it'll be interesting to see how the world adapts to it, and you know, in private industry, of which I'm not, uh, you know, it's it's different. Like you can you can do that more. You can say, you know, I'm going to do this a lot faster, but you're going to pay me the same because otherwise I'm not doing it at all. And you get away with that. But um, it's hard to well, do when you're doing public work. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. And we might find out really sooner rather than later when it comes to what a lot of companies do because... You know, realistically, at the rate they're vaccinating people, and we'll have to see what happens as more states open it up to the general public. Um, you know, you might have 
everyone who actually wants to be vaccinated vaccinated by like what like july or august or something you know yeah something like that mm-hmm. i mean the reality you know when they talk about you know we did what they do like 100 million in 30 days or something like that it's not going to take that long to get everyone vaccinated who wants to get it right and they're True. only ramping up they're not scaling down they've been increasing so yeah we'll see what happens Oh, I wanted to have another sort of fun discussion because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I introduced Bob to this the other night. I don't know if you mm-hmm. told me about this, Erica. I did not. I, I okay. actually I thought about I thought about telling her about it earlier on the couch, but I said, you know what? I didn't want her to look it up. I wanted mm-hmm. I wanted to hear the reaction of you explaining this insane thing to me. <laughs> Okay, so here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You have Twitch. You use it, Erica. I know you use it quite a bit for um, D&D stuff, right? I do watch Critical Role on Twitch every week, yes. Okay. Now, Twitch is predominantly a gaming platform, but you also have things like the Just Chatting section, which are, you know, I think if you're looking at it from a nice point of view just chatting is supposed to be like hey you're sitting there talking to your chat or maybe Mm -hmm. you're doing a podcast or something like that although i think there actually is a podcasting section now essentially just chatting used to encompass a lot of things but then they split off categories that you're supposed to do other things in like say podcasting or asmr or playing or singing music or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, so just chatting essentially kind of got limited down to your out and about in the world streaming or your talking to the chat or you're talking to your friends on a couch or whatever the deal may be. Well, there's always been an element of just chatting of certain streamers who are predominantly women wearing as little clothing as they can get away with while doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, oops, I dropped my pencil. Let me bend over type of content. Hey, you get that money any way you need to, babe. Now, now I will say, I <clears throat> completely agree with the sentiment. Do what you can do. I don't give a shit. If I was some ultra hot woman and I could exploit my body to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, I would fucking do it too. But I think there's an interesting discussion here because what has popped up on Twitch now is called the hot tub meta. So there is a rule on Twitch, if you look at the rule book, that says sexually sexually explicit or sexual content is not allowed on Twitch. And what Mm -hmm. that means is if you're sitting there playing Diablo you need to have appropriate clothing on for what you're doing. You can't wear a bikini, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you could show some cleavage or whatever, but you can't wear a bikini while you're playing Diablo. However... I mean, that doesn't seem fair, but whatever. Okay. However, if water is in play, the rules change because Alex, of this context. is outstanding. I love where this is going. So... 
Now, keep in mind, none of these women are actually playing games while they're doing this, but you could, in theory. Mm -hmm. in now, theory. what this means is, and what the what the rules I think are essentially there for are, hey, you're live streaming, you're walking down a beach, a woman's in a bikini or a dude's in a speedo. We're not going to ban you because the context is it's appropriate for the situation. Now, mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, you can't go live stream on like a nude beach because that's just flat out not allowed. But if there's right, I think the people on the nude play, beach would like beat you to death. Like, uh, what the hell yeah, you think well, you're doing, buddy? Maybe some of them would be into it. Who knows? Uh, however, once there's water into play, water in play, the situation changes. So, for example, let's say you're a guy. You have to have a shirt on on Twitch. If you take your shirt off, you will get banned unless you're in a pool or you're showering or you're in a hot tub. <laughs> and it's the same thing with women. So, so what, we're just some... exploiting the stupid rules that Twitch has put out yes. for fun so and profit. What, what some industrious women have figured out is I can stand around or sit or whatever in a hot, or in some cases what people are doing because they don't have hot tubs is they're fucking buying kiddie pools, filling them with water, sticking them in their bedroom, and hanging out in them in bikinis. I love and it. I'm here for it. Outstanding. <laughs> and um, it's all great, but so it's it's they basically got around the rules by doing this everything, and it's hilarious. I mean, you can and literally. Good for them. I'm sure. I'm sure you can go on Twitch right now. And you could find this really popular woman, Amaranth, who does this all the time. And she'll literally be in a bikini riding a banana in her kiddie pool. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and she's doing this for not a small amount of people, Erica. I'm talking about like 15,000 people at any given hey, time. Hey, man, get that money. Now, Chase that paper, baby. I completely agree with you. But here's the issue. Is it's leading to a lot of harassment for other women on the platform that don't mm. partake so for example let's say you're a woman you just stream fucking whatever nhl 20 and you just like to play video games well what happens is people start coming into your chat and they say hey when are you getting in a hot tub when are you putting on a bikini and yes you can just ban them which they often do but it's obviously fucking annoying. But I and would so, say that's not on the women who are in the, the kiddie pools. That's on the fucking creepers who are coming into the chats and being assholes. Yeah. I agree with you. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of an everyone has degrees of fault. You have the people being assholes who are the most at fault. You have Twitch's interesting application of their rule book which is probably the second most at fault and then you have the streamers taking advantage of said rule book who are a distant third in my opinion i don't think they're um, faults at all though these are your stupid rules i'm working around them uh, creepy assholes shouldn't be harassing other streamers just stay with the with the ones who are doing what you want to watch i eh. think i think the I think the interesting thing is, what do you do, if anything, if you're Twitch? Do you just leave it going as is? 
because if you go look at like the just chatting section which is often the most popular section of twitch mm-hmm. when you click on it it's just going to be women in bikinis like you're looking at a campsite like it's the whole section but i mean what did they think was going to happen like it's a platform where you get money by getting people to to subscribe and watch you of course mm-hmm. it was going to turn like pornographic in some way shape or form like of course it that does was seem happen. to be the natural conclusion to any website, yes. Right. So it's like, what did you think was this? Like this was an inevitable conclusion. So you either ban that stuff outright, or you just embrace it because you're making money. What do you fucking care? And I know they're owned by Amazon and everything, so they're like, you know, we have to pretend that we give a shit about this stuff, but embrace the chaos, baby. That's what I say. Well, and that's what I mean where it'll be interesting to see if Twitch does anything because they can't outwardly embrace it. Because if you if you say, hey, it's all good, this is what we want on the website, it is what it is, you're probably going to run off all your advertisers, right? Right, right. Um, so you have to, there has to be some cursory sort of, like, look, we tried, sort of thing. Yeah, and if you're, you know, I don't know who advertises on Twitch... But if, let's say, Coca-Cola advertises on Twitch and they come in and they say, hey, we'd really prefer it if you weren't running our ads on streams where, like, people are wearing no clothing. Um, what does Twitch do? Because I don't know, you know, are they just going to, like, start going in and manually blacklisting any stream that they don't want, like, you know, certain types of advertising shown on? Maybe. Um, but that seems like a lot of work that most tech companies don't like to do. Right. Well, the one thing I would say is that whatever you do decide, whatever rules you have, you do actually have to enforce them and not just, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the road when you have just straight up neo-Nazis using your platform for shit, then, and have been using it for years and years and years, suddenly, because the political tide has changed or you know, the wind blew a different way, you decide to enforce your rules. Yeah. Because that doesn't usually end well. Well, and that kind of leads to another issue, which is Twitch's enforcement of their rule book has been uneven at best, if we're being extremely generous. You know Shock. And all and often to the shock of absolutely no one. Um tends to favor people who have large followings because Weird. they don't want to lose out on that money. Weird yes. the way that works. So, yeah. I'm shocked. 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 It's, it's, just a, it's just an interesting thing that's popped up. And, you know, you know, one of the ideas, you know, maybe would be like, hey, why don't you just have a NSFW section? And if you want to say, like, anything goes except... except maybe like outright nudity or sexual acts or something um maybe something like that but then you have the problem of trying to say okay how do you categorize what goes in that section um how do you enforce a rule book in that section you know like there's a lot of interesting problems well and it raises kind of a bigger issue which is you know that tech companies provide these platforms where you know basically overnight 
it, it can become pretty much impossible for them to moderate. Um, and the response to that is just they throw up their hands and like, yeah, you know, it's not us. And, you know, whether it's Facebook or, you know, in this case, Twitch or whoever, like, they they need, it's like, you shouldn't be able to put this up there if you can't moderate it. Right. And beyond that, then you need, you know, oversight that forces you to actually apply your rules um well then you have to actually you know, like pay people to do a job and we we can't do that because we need more sweet sweet money to ourselves yeah but so i but i, I am fading fast gents did we have anything else that we wanted to chat about nope not unless bob has any general thoughts on the big hot tub hot tub which streams <laughs> bob hot tubs your thoughts I want one in the backyard. Um, you guys got this. Prefer, preferably an above ground one because I like the uh, way you can mold the seats and get all the jets. Um, I don't. I don't particularly care too much for the built-in ground cement ones. Hmm. Uh, personal opinion. Uh, and if it's above ground, you can take it with you. Yes. Exactly. Um, as far as as far as the the meta, though, I mean, I think you guys hit pretty much everything I would say. But I just I love anything that fucks with big tech companies. I really do. Um, and uh, you know these these women who are participate, you know, go out and get it while you can. And I I have a you know I my typical my the comment i typically have for it is you know be careful about tying your livelihood to the whims of a tech company where you really ha there's only a one-way agreement um in in effect um but that said you know if that's the way you want to go and you accept those risks go get that money while you can yep because it might not I be agree. there tomorrow And on the other hand, what stops someone from going on some cam girl site and streaming video games? I don't know. Maybe they can't. Maybe it's against the rules. <laughs> and they actually enforce their rules. I'm sorry, you can't play video games here. <laughs> if you're going to play video games, sorry, but you're going to have to that, show your body. <laughs> that that would be the funniest fucking twist to the whole thing. Is It's, it's not the game company coming and saying, no, 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 you can't do this. No, no. The, the the cam site's like this is not this is not quality you need to be doing this naked or we really we really can't have you on our platform <laughs> thank you for your interest but it's just not going to work out uh best in luck in your best of luck in your future endeavors as some would say <laughs> and on that note thanks for being here in our own homes uh, you know, hey, maybe we're a couple months away from doing this in person again once everyone's vaccinated. I hope so. God willing. Because doing it online fucking sucks. <laughs> and hug me. Hold me tight.
This has been a Puma Knife production.